Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat Shalom. Great moments are born from great opportunity, and that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you have earned here tonight. These are the words that Coach Herb Brooks spoke to the United States Olympic hockey team, at least in the movie Miracle. The team of underrated college hockey players, handpicked by Brooks, are about to play the Russians the greatest team in the world, the team who had crushed the Americans in an exhibition game right before the Olympics to determine who would advance to the gold medal game. Brooks, at least according to this film, stepped up and delivered this speech, telling the young men that night they were the greatest hockey team in the world. These kinds of stories are why I love sports movies and have spent hours and hours discussing with friends the ins and outs of recurring themes, which movies belong in the greatest sports movies of all time canon, and other seemingly unimportant details that truly matter to us. And the speech from Coach Brooks is an example of a fascinating subgenre in sports movies known as the pregame speech. There is always the moment. The team, often the underdog, is about to go into battle. They're in the locker room right before heading on to the field or the court. And the coach steps up to deliver the inspiring speech that will motivate the team to victory. What will he or she say in that moment? that the team will take with them into the competition. So here are a few more of my personal favorites. For my Texans among us, Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights, by the way, an even better book, speaking to his football team in Texas when he says that being perfect is being able to look into your friend's eyes and know that you didn't let them down. You did everything you could. There's not one more thing you could have done. Can you live in that moment? Or Gene Hackman, in arguably one of the greatest sports movies of all times, Hoosiers, before the big game that will send Tiny Hickory to the state finals, he tells the team, forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what you've got here. Or, and this I know is... Rabbi Cosgrove's favorite, and this is for you, Rabbi, Al Pacino in any given Sunday when he challenges his team to understand that life, like football, is a game of inches. I know if I am going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that inch because that's what living is, he says, the six inches in front of your face. There is a moment 
in this week's Parsha that shares the drama of the scenes I've just referenced. The final plague has been announced. God told Moses that after this plague, the slaying of the firstborn, Pharaoh will finally permit the Israelites to leave. And it's at this moment, God chooses to speak to Moses and Aaron, preparing them for the journey that lies ahead into the wilderness. Now, what will God say? How will God prepare and motivate the Israelites to leave Egypt and face the unknown with all the dangers they will face and confront in their wanderings? What will be the first word, the first directive that people hear from God? Prepare yourselves for battle. Be strong and have courage. Does God tell Moses and Aaron that God will be with them, fighting for them always? This is the Herb Brooks moment to step up and inspire. And this is what God says. Hachodesh hazeh lachem, rosh charashim rishon hu lachem hashana. This month, in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, This month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first of the months of the year for you. The exodus is approaching. A critical moment in the life of the enslaved Israelites. And God begins the transmission of the mitzvot, of the commandments, with the obligation to sanctify the new moon. Now why this? Why now? And is this really the most inspiring way to send our ancestors into the wilderness for this 40-year journey? Did God simply miss an opportunity here? What I want to suggest to you this morning is that this verse, this commandment, is one of the most important most significant and most inspiring verses and commandments in the Torah and its impact on the future of Judaism is significant beyond measure for a number of reasons. First, this commandment establishes a sacred partnership between God and the Jewish people. This month shall be for you. The Talmud teaches us that the determination of the new moon is given over to us, meaning we establish the new moon. And while the calendar is now fixed, historically that meant that witnesses would appear before the high court and testifying that they had seen the new moon. And the takeaway is that while God, God has given us the holidays, we determine when those holidays occur. The rabbis describe this amazing scene where the angels approach God and want to know, when's Rosh Hashanah? God replies, why are you asking me? We have to go and we have to ask the earthly court. If the earthly court says, today is Rosh Hashanah, build a podium and celebrate Rosh Hashanah. If the earthly court says to delay the holiday, then remove the podium because my children have decided to delay the holiday. Now, it's an amazing text of human agency. It's like pulling back the curtain and seeing who really makes things tick. And now let's place this back into the moment where God is speaking to the Israelites before they leave for their journey through the wilderness and appreciate the power of the message because the message could not be clear, more clear 
to our ancestors who were still in Egypt. My children, no longer see yourselves powerless slaves. You are powerful people whose reach extends up to the heavens. Yes, you are still slaves. But look up at the heavens, see the moon. You control that moon. You control your lives. No longer will others be able to determine your destiny. And moving forward, no matter what other Egypts you encounter, and you will encounter other Egypts, other places of narrowness, you will ultimately determine the destiny and the quality of your lives. And here I paraphrase Rabbi Shmuel Golden in his beautiful commentary on Parshat Bo. And there's much more to this verse and its message. The Aruch HaShulchan, a 19th century halachic work, speaks about Rosh Chodesh, the new month, as a symbol for the miraculous survival of the Jewish people. You know, we actually sanctify the moon at the beginning of its monthly cycle, when all we can really see of the moon is a tiny sliver. And the celebration is the fact that soon the skies will be illuminated by a bright full moon. By the way, always in the middle of the Hebrew month, there is a full moon. So Passover and Sukkot will always be illuminated by the light of the moon. And that is, of course, the story of the Jewish people. Studying Jewish history, you know, I'm in the middle of teaching the dramas curriculum of Melton and we're in the medieval period and it is just one period of darkness and oppression and of subjugation and pogroms. It's one after another, times that seem to be hopeless. But the other side of that story is that the Jewish people have survived precisely Because in dark times, we have always had faith. It's actually in those dark days of the diaspora that the great works of Jewish life were created. We always believed that tomorrow would be a little better than today. The moon will wax and wane, says our tradition, but it always comes back. You just study a little bit of Jewish history, and you realize why the moon is the perfect symbol for the Jewish people. And finally, there is a personal, spiritual side to this commandment. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch points out that the moon renews itself every month, and this regeneration serves as a model for our own behavior. In the words of Rabbi Hirsch, that this renewal of the moon shall be a beginning of renewals to you. Noticing the fresh birth of the moon, he says, shall induce you to achieve a similar rejuvenation. You are to fix your moons, your periods of time, by taking note of this ever-fresh recurring rejuvenation. It is not a question of actual months, but of our months, lachem, to you. Rabbi Alex Israel explains that the, the liturgy of Rosh Chodesh is a time of atonement, a monthly call to repent, to become born again, inspired 
by the rebirth of the moon. The new, be- the new moon calls to us. It beckons to us to find God, to find our best selves, even if and when we feel distant. Like the moon in our own lives, we also personally wax and wane. And in that sense, the moon will always be our guide. We celebrate a rebirth and a renewal on a monthly basis, hoping that we can re-experience the excitement of finding those rays of light that will illuminate our lives, just as we fix Rosh Chodesh. We are reminded that we can control the quality of the spirituality and meaning in our lives. Friends, this is the message that God chooses to deliver to the Israelites as they stand on the cusp of leaving Egypt and beginning redemption. This is the message that will inspire them to become a nation in the wilderness. The commandment to sanctify the new month, to begin the year and set the calendar. And it's no small thing. It is not a missed opportunity by God to lift up the Israelites before their sacred journey. The Jewish calendar, which is essentially established at this moment, says Rabbi Hirsch, is the Jewish catechism. It's our creed. It's our motto. It is the most concise summary of what we remember and what we stand for. And that's what is communicated to the Israelites in this moment of preparation, teaches Rabbi Israel. The moment of transition. We are partners with God. Powerful agents who shape our own destiny, who control the quality of our lives. We are part of a people, a nation who have and will experience the very highs and the very lows of history. And we will wax and wane, but through it all, we will survive and we will thrive. And in our own personal lives, we are like the moon. We always have the possibility to renew ourselves. We always have the opportunity to be better, more whole, more complete, more shalom, more in peace tomorrow than we are today. This commandment to sanctify the moon, it might very well be the greatest pregame speech ever. It is a spectacular message of agency, of hope, of growth, of determination, and of survival. Reminding our ancestors as they anticipate their redemption and reminding us as we begin a new year in our secular calendar, there is nothing more critical than the knowledge that we are powerful and that we can transform ourselves both as individuals and as a nation. As we continue to travel through the wilderness of our lives, we would do well to carry these words with us on this sacred journey. Shabbat Shalom.
Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah.